welcome to the Brown Taboo Project. <laughs> Brought out the announcer voice whoop, for that whoop. one. <laughs> this is the inaugural episode yes. of the Brown Taboo Project. First one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Popping that cherry. <laughs> we are. We are going the full Monty. We're doing the, sure. the, the whole nine yards. Whole nine yards. We're making it a thing. Kitten caboodle? Is that? <laughs> okay. We're pulling all of the English phrases out of our asses <laughs> and hoping that some of them stick. <laughs> oh, God. So, the Brown Taboo Project is a super looper podcast project of the South Asian Sexual Alliance. Which is our baby. It is our baby. It's our baby. Yep. Um, South Asian Sexual Health Alliance is a pretty dope group, if I may say so, but I'm pretty biased. <laughs> uh, three of us out of the four co-founders are here. Um, and I guess um, what we can do is go around and, and say our names so people know what our voices sound like. Mm-hmm. And who we are. And who yeah. we are. And what we do, yeah. and then we will launch into what Sasha, aka the South Asian Sexual Health Alliance, does, and then we're gonna talk about some brown kid taboos. It's a pretty self-explanatory podcast. Just get mm-hmm. that thing started. Yeah, get it going. So I guess to kick it off, um, the owner of these sultry tones, <laughs> Moa. <laughs> uh, my name is Shriya Shorkar. Or if we're going to go with the anglicized version, Shriya Sarkar. But we're not. <laughs> but we're not. We are sticking with uh, the way that our parents say it, because I think we would make them proud. <laughs> Just with that, not with the rest of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> True that. <laughs> um, so what do I do? I am a comedian and filmmaker, and I work in media for a progressive political organization. Mm. Yeah. Fancy. Sweet. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Tanya, or Tanya, if you want to say it the brown way. Um, my name is Tanya Chatterjee. Tanya Chatterjee. Um, I uh, am an HIV health educator, and I'm super excited to be here. And my background is in sexual and reproductive health, and that's what I do. I'm a sex expert. So, yeah. That's why I'm here. Hey, hey, everybody. My name is Sri Sinha. I make sure that everybody pronounces my name right the first time. <laughs> so there's not an alternate pronunciation because my name is Sri Sinha. <laughs> Has anybody ever mispronounced it? Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. All of the time. So, so <laughs> it really is. But so the S and the R, people have like trouble with that, as I'm sure you know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Lots of vowels get added in that don't need to be there. But yes. So my name is Sri. Um, I am currently uh, doing my PhD in counseling psychology at the University of Denver. And I focus on clinical practice as well as research in uh, multiculturalism and intersectionality as well as romantic relationships. So that's where I'm at now. And then I guess in a little bit, we'll also launch into all of our journeys to these, I feel like we sound really polished in terms of what we do now. We're not, though. <laughs> but it, like, you know, things happened and, like, things contributed to each of our individual journeys to bring mm-hmm. us 
to where we are as these 20-something semi-professional maybe people. (laughs) And then we also do have a fourth founding member who, um, I guess, is grading papers at the moment. (laughs) Being a TA, being a college student. Living that college student undergrad life. So we will also let him jump in and explain his life in now. this pre-recorded segment. Hi, um, <laughs> um, my name is Trinish Chatterjee. Um, I am also one of the co-founders of Sasha. I am a current undergraduate at the University of Maryland. The reason I joined Sasha is, well, at the very beginning, um, my sister Tanya was just the, or um, helped found it, and she told me about it, and I thought it was very cool. Um, and she asked me to just help out with it. Um, but since then, I've actually gotten a lot more involved. Um, I've taken up Asian American studies at school, and I'm just trying to get more into advocacy in general. Um, and yeah, that's basically my introduction. Okay, so now that you've met our fourth member, Trinish. What um, is Sasha? <laughs> what, what is this is thing? Sasha? Yeah. What are we doing? Um, so one of the things about Sasha, so... We, at some point in our, in our journey, we chose Sasha as the South Asian Sexual Health Alliance. Um, and our mission has been about youth of the South Asian diaspora. So South Asian is defined as anyone from the South Asian subcontinent um, in the south of Asia. Whoa. <laughs> Who would have thought that? Who would have thought? So, um, which I think the official definition includes seven different countries. So, I which includes so. India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Nepal, Bhutan, the Maldives, Sri Lanka, and Afghanistan, depending on, depending on whose definition you go by. Hmm. Um, so, we also like to refer to this just kind of generally as brown, in terms of there are a lot of shared experience, and even though it's a really common misconception, um, I think that happens with Asian cultures in general, that we are somehow this one monolithic entity where we're all just this ethnic blob of having the same cultures and values, which is not true at all. Mm. There is incredible diversity within that whole entire range that we just spoke about. Um, And we always want to acknowledge that and acknowledge that our backgrounds as individuals are not representative of that diversity. Um, that being said, though, we also recognize that there are a lot of common experiences by being just kind of a brown youth, a Indian American, Asian American, insert immigrant person here, American. Um, and that's kind of what we want to speak to. We want to speak to identity, especially for youth, um, and especially around the topics of sexual health, mental health, and sexual orientation. So that's kind of our mission. And we hope you'll join us on it. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of this was also that <clears throat> we are cognizant of the fact that <laughs> cognizant <laughs> so fancy uh, that like for a lot of us talking about this is something that we only started doing very late in life, um, something that we don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about at home with our families or even with our friends who are in our cultural community. Um, mm-hmm. Like we only started talking about it in like our mid 20s together yeah. and and we've all known each other since we were kids which yeah. is hilarious because we had no idea you know obviously none of us partook in anything relating to sexual health or mental health 
before that age. Obviously. I literally (laughs) did not. I was just a (laughs) blob. I was very interested and did not feel like I had an outlet. And I'm sure there are some late bloomers listening to us. I hope at least, please don't make me feel alone. (laughs) But still, we had brains and we had sexual organs. So, you know, things Mm -hmm. go wrong and they go right with those things. Right. Right. So our purpose here is not to be like licensed medical professionals giving you our Mm -hmm. licensed medical professional opinions. Although we're working on it. Although some of you are working on it. Most of us actually are working on it. It's just <laughs> my lay mess. It's not. Um, <laughs> but we're all figuring it out together. Yep. And we figured that we would, um, I guess. Provide space. Provide space. Yeah. Start a conversation. Start the conversation. Yep. Um, and hope that you guys will join in on it too. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I think. I'm sorry. You Not all. a guy. Thank you. Thanks, Tria. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Me language in. matters. <laughs> Sri Sinha calling me in. Oh, hey. <laughs> um, one of the things that um, I've come to realize and enjoyed the most, I think, about Sasha is finding that common ground with other people and realizing that the experiences I had growing up um, in this country as an immigrant, as a first-generation immigrant. Um, And that's not even necessarily just related to sexual health or mental health or LGBTQ um, things or identity. Just general, there are so many common shared experiences. And one of the best things about Sasha was just kind of being like, oh my God, you too? Me too. Um, You know, we all kind of had these like childhood experiences, teenage experiences, even going into our um, early 20s, late 20s, um, a lot of things across the board have been common and shared with other people. And it's been amazing finding that. And we hope that through Sasha, you'll find those people too. You'll realize um, for, for a lot of people that might feel like there's no one else like you out there, there is. Mm, and we hope snaps. that that's one of the things that um, you'll come to realize. Through Sasha. (laughs) So actually, I think that's a good segue because, Tanya, you were the one that uh, reached out to Sri and I uh, about kind of putting this together (laughs) in the first place. So like what drove you to reach out and and, do it and put make something tangible out of Um, what you're going through? So I guess one thing is um, so I have my master's in reproductive and cancer biology. um, And then from there, um, from reproductive health have gone a lot into sexual health and um we part of heard it was that burp <laughs> <laughs> excuse so you i'm trying to give my professional life story here okay god back right we did here. mention we're not licensed medical <laughs> professionals so this is so this is not yeah so. back around here we all had thai food and now we're having cha together because we're brown kids who are up yeah at night, it's so like we're having nine it's 10 o'clock at night but we're still having we're having herbal tea actually herbal no. tea. Her- herbal tea we're having herbal, herbal tea, tea. thanks yes. for calling in my burp back to thanya <laughs> um and okay so back to my story as i was saying um so I think the first kind of, you know, things were just like being able to talk to my parents about what I'm learning in school and the work that I was doing. And so that was just kind of like, how do I talk to them about, you know, the fact that I work in sexual health, that I'm doing sexual health work. Well, you can talk and about biology. That's yeah. So, that's That's fine. okay. Anatomy. You know, that's fine. Cool. Sexuality. What sexuality? Mm. <laughs> what sexuality? Wellness. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No. Mental health. What's that? Um, not to, you know, like put my parents down or, or any parents down, but there are definitely a lot of gaps in the way that I feel like at least we, the way 
we feel like we can talk to our parents. And I will say that my parents have definitely come a long way. Um, and I'm able to have much more honest conversations about them, about the work that I do. And it feels amazing to be able to do that. So Sasha, I think in my head kind of started as, as a way to start talking about these things. And part of it was, so uh, Trinesh, our fourth co-founder, is actually my younger brother. So the first conversation that I had about what would eventually become Sasha was with him. I remember just talking in the kitchen about... Um, whispering about sex. Not whispering about sex, okay? <laughs> <laughs> God, Street, we're better than that. <laughs> no, we're really not. <laughs> um, but we were talking about a friend of his that was going through... Um, who's Bangladeshi? She was going through a lot of mental health issues um, and how she was not able to kind of get that across with her parents and how unsupportive they seemed and the conversation just kind of went like why are you depressed get out of it and we all know anyone who's ever battled depression or anything like it knows it's that's not how it works that's not how any mental health issue works or really any health um, issue at just all. anything at all you can't just like snap out of it um so it just kind of spurred this uh, long conversation about you know the brown community and how there's so many issues that are overlooked, especially for us as um, first-generation immigrants. We don't often have anyone to talk to about these things. And then, you know, after, like, thinking about it for a while, I was like, okay, we can maybe we can do something about it. What can we do about it? And I was like, I'm going to Facebook message Sri and Shreya because they both um, have interests in these fields and skills in these fields. And that's how Sasha was born. <laughs> So one lovely. fine day thanks for roping us into that <laughs> yeah idea what like two years ago it was i think, I think yeah. we started two falls ago two falls ago yeah. yeah and then it was probably i think our first real like thing thing where we we're like oh shit this is a thing was uh the summer after that yeah right? 2016 yeah we presented summer. at a conference which was yeah exciting. at a bengali that, conference that was like a big and thing we talked about with. sex and it was so widely attended. It was really exciting. Even, it I mean, was. so before that, we had done some things where we had um, put together a survey. That was kind of our first move to, you know, because we had all kind of had these lay conversations amongst ourselves and with other people about these issues. But we wanted to make sure that we were roping in other ideas and that we weren't um, – kind of overgeneralizing and just thinking that we were representing all situations because we're obviously not. Um, so, yeah, so we put out, you know, convenient sample, put out a little survey out there <laughs> and got a decent amount of responses from a pretty wide, you know, the power of the Internet um, scope of folks and just kind of tried to survey people about what they thought were issues for our collective brown kid community. Um and then trying to go from there and figure out how to organize and how to provide space and and establish dialogue to make these issues more known. And I do also want to be really clear that um, for all of us, you know, we're not in any way saying that it is only South Asian people who face these problems. Um, you know, stigma around mental health and sex and sexual orientation are prevalent throughout society, throughout mm -hmm. Probably all societies. I don't really know of a society who's like super like down with yeah. talking about anxiety and fucking things like that. So, but <laughs> that being said, there are also unique things 
um, with being an immigrant kid and with being a brown immigrant kid. Um, I think particular things about culture and stigma and just the way that these things are dealt with, expectations, all of that. So we hope that you, you know, even if you don't identify as a brown person yourself, that you can join in our conversation and find strength and humor and peace and comfort and join in our dialogue. Um, but also just generally the lack of representation, the lack of specific dialogue to cultural groups, we wanted to kind of address that. Mm-hmm. Ditto Absolutely. to all that. I think it was really interesting when you reached out because I think it was one of the first times that I talked about, um, at least in my case, like sexual issues with uh, brown friends. Um, there's like, I think anyone brown or otherwise who has ever had to code switch is familiar mm-hmm. with like, this is the way I talk to one set of friends mm-hmm. and this is the way I oh, talk yeah. to another set of friends. And yeah. for me, like the brown folks were like, the innocent folks. Yeah. Even know? though we all yeah. knew. We all knew. <laughs> yeah. We all figured, I guess. Right. But like, right, I never, right. I just never talked to anyone yeah. about right. it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. let's watch this movie in this auntie's basement. Exactly. Yes. And <laughs> even beyond that, I was like, oh, they're going to judge me if right, I say right. that. Right, 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 right. Like, um, yeah. I will say, and it, it extends to every aspect where, like, just in general growing up and it's it's just this weird thing where you're like I probably think that because we're all going to school right we're Mm. all like integrated and um either we're born here or you know immigrated when very young and overall identify with American culture very heavily if not even more so than Mm. our culture of origin or the culture of um our birth or our parents Yet, so we kind of were all like on the same page about probably similar things, but that stigma and that shame is so prevalent that even though we're like, oh, we're all American kids, we're like, oh, but we're also all brown kids. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. like, I don't really know. Are you gonna go tell your mom about this? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or should I tell or you about this? Is it gonna bring shame back to my family in some way yeah. if I tell? And then right. you tell this person, whatever. whatever. Yeah. And the auntie, right. you know grapevine gossip the gossip the auntie gossip chain which spreads like wildfire by the way um i'm sure as you all as you all know uncles never talk uncles never talk (laughs) right yeah Yeah, they do (laughs) they do Um, but the auntie grapevine which is interesting though because i don't ever remember my parents expressly being like don't ever have sex or like don't ever have sex before marriage Mm. or don't ever date people they never actually said <laughs> in fact when i when we had like sex ed classes mm-hmm. you had to like get that form signed yeah yeah, yeah. i remember yeah. my mom being like oh yeah this is important to know and signing mm. it or whatever and you're like oh good i thought that and might be like, a fight okay. that was good well, well, I, didn't, I didn't know shit then yeah. i was what nine ten um so i didn't know what i was getting signed up for but she <laughs> right, did right. and she thought it was fun. yeah and they're like let's talk about menstruation and you're like, like oh shit and like, yeah oh shit but also yeah. like they never said anything but i still had this fear of like them ever finding out i remember when she found my poster of legolas and being so ashamed oh no. that she you knew were that ashamed? i liked no i was ashamed that she found out i liked a boy and that boy being Legolas. Did you have the hots for Legolas, or did you just think he was a good archer? I thought he was super cute. <laughs> He's so oh, cool. Orlando He Bloom. was so hot. Uh, but, like, were you, like, 
I don't know, schlicking off to Legolas. <laughs> I wasn't schlicking off then, but I'm sure. I don't know. <laughs> that no, just, I don't think. I don't oh, know. I just want to see. This is why we want schlicking to exist. Off? I know. Yeah, just, this is why we're here. I just because I like it makes me so sad to think of that little girl you, who is ashamed to like a character. You yeah. know, like that yeah. just it just hurts my heart. Well, I'm sure I don't know if it was ashamed or like being embarrassed at being caught or maybe even like a combination of the two. Because mm. um, my so my friend wrote me a Valentine card Aww. as mm. like my <laughs> friend who was a girl. OK. okay. And okay. my mom found this card and she was like, who's Legolas? <laughs> why is this man writing you love letters and i'm like first of all well that would be disconcerting if an actual man was writing you love letters <laughs> she has a valid concern fair but uh, i mean i'm just right the elf with the, the elf is writing you love letters <laughs> that's kind of concerning the, the, the most Aryan looking of the character <laughs> i don't know i think ever since then i was like oh Never telling her anything. anything. <laughs> yeah, for me, like very similar. I what what I've always felt is like having these two identities. Like you were saying, code switching. Like my Bengali identity doesn't actually gel with or or uh, what do you say? Go with like the rest of my mm-hmm. identity. Like my identity in school, for example, even in high school or college or grad school is not the same as my my Indian or my Bengali or my, you know, brown identity, of being a you good could girl. say. Of being a good girl. And yeah. that's exactly the image that, that you know, not intentionally because I think it's bullshit. Um, that has come out to be. That's how people know me. I'm the good girl. I follow the rules. And I'm like, if only y'all knew. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> if only the aunties knew, <laughs> there'd be so much gossip, you guys. So much gossip. That, that's the sad part, right? Yeah, is like, that, like it, being never being able to, like, put it together. Is both of them. Yeah, yeah. And, and also that I think in general, it was like everybody was, you were, it was good or bad. Yeah, there's no middle ground. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, and either you, like, you're the good, obedient kid or yeah. you're the kid who, like, is strung out on drugs and jumping yeah, off and of like having buildings and crashing having... cars or exactly. something right yeah, like there's yeah. like no medium medium of, ground hey i've smoked weed a couple times and i'm still getting good grades right yeah, like that was exactly. just like not no. an image that was there's remotely no possible yeah you're categorized as like you're good or you're bad and like the bad is very like if you're just not a conventional in the way that mm-hmm. it's kind of you're expected, expected. like you know good grades <laughs> going to med school that kind of the bio major like that kind of thing and not to say you know if you're not a bio major you're bad but like i don't know the judgment was so real mm-hmm. like and even if you're not the one getting judged you saw the people around you getting judged and it made you afraid to say things or bring up things because you were just like oh i don't want to be on the receiving end of that judgment <laughs> from my parents from the community from the aunties like anybody so you were just like i'm just gonna the keep up that good girl image and hope judgment, it never cracks i think the flip side to that judgment though is that like fear everybody internalized and like some people are better at channeling that and some aren't and in the long run i think we can all agree that suppressing all of that is incredibly damaging it is yeah um, yes, and it is. manifests oh, yeah. himself in incredibly damaging ways yeah. 
um and like we actually in like their effort like to suicidal keep us, ideation right in their effort to keep us innocent and good yeah. and you know the perfect in the right whatever, direction or whatever that they're means they're actually like propelling us to do the exact thing yeah like that like you rebel because you don't from, instead you of know. doing it in a safe manner yeah yeah which is also but, and i would even venture to say in some ways going on more so in south asia i from things that i have seen when i've gone back to visit my family or things that family or friends have said again it's like all throughout right it's Mm -hmm. it's these cultural values that put you into a box and that you feel like you can't be yourself and and that culture could be any number of cultures right it could be south asian culture Mm. it could be your religion it could be Mm -hmm. your region like it could be whatever whatever that thing is but when we don't have the opportunity to be true to ourselves it's so damaging it in is so yeah. many yeah. lasting ways and especially when that happens in your formative years yeah and if you're not able to work through that in some way yeah or like come to peace with like what has happened right or, and and be know. able to be your true self yeah and, you know yeah. and you really see the effects of that just today i was reading an article um that was really quite harrowing about a bangladeshi girl who lived in queens who committed suicide last year mm. after um, enduring many years of sexual abuse? Mm. And the article went on to talk about a few different a few different cases throughout South Asia, highlighting some different stories. Um, and so, obviously, that's a very you know extreme example. Mm-hmm. But the silent suffering of people every day mm-hmm. is not in any way less mm-hmm. important to yeah. attend to. Yeah. Yeah. I think Those repression will exist. always yeah. lead to that. I was just, I'm reading a book right now um, called The Silence of My Memories by Azar Nafisi, who's the author of Reading Lolita in Tehran. That was oh, the yeah, most yeah. famous book. Um, and she said the same thing, you know, growing up in Iran where there's this heavy, heavy sexu- uh, culture of sexual repression, mm-hmm. like pedophilia is incredibly common oh. and like low-key... Um, I don't want to say accepted, but just like an open secret amongst oh, everyone yeah. because yeah, that's just how it true. manifests yeah. itself when you live in that kind of a because, culture. Uh, mm-hmm. People have sexual that's, urges. What? Exactly. Yeah. And you can't act on them out of fear. And so it just comes out this comes way out and you end up praying with an innocent child yeah. who's not going to exactly. or is less likely to tell or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And probably doesn't know what's happening. I mean, exactly. if you, I mean, not that we're trying to make this podcast about pedophilia. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, these are things that come up because because these right. are very real consequences mm-hmm. of the things that happen. You know, we could talk about, in India, you hear so much about sexual assault, right? Mm-hmm. Like, after 2012, after the Nirbhaya case, and after she died from her injuries from the gang rape case that was publicized the world over. And, you know, not to say, you know, that rape is a direct perhaps consequence of sexual repression but i feel like there's something to be said for how much it happens and and how there is there is no education around healthy relationships around mm-hmm. consent around even just basic sex you know and, and yeah and mm-hmm. i'm just like you know maybe that would help maybe those things it would, would yeah you know cause people not to rape people because they don't know how else to express their desires perhaps or whatever it is that's going on there's a lot of issues i'm sure there but i think it all just starts from the fact that 
for uh on in a very basic sense uh it starts with looking at women and girls as humans yeah you know like i (laughs) kind of a thing kind of kind of an important thing to cook right and like produce this naivete that like she's gonna figure it out on her wedding night yeah you know no (laughs) or that she doesn't have her own desires yeah right exactly her wedding night yeah (laughs) but even then the wedding night is is you know, it's like for procreation, right? Right, and it's but the husband's even the desires. Fact that like, Ugh, like reproductive you don't have a choice. health is a thing. Right? Yeah, I remember yeah. talking to one of my cousins about how, you know, in very polite terms, saying that I worked uh, with reproductive rights, and she was like, "Oh, what's that?" And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, um, you know, like Planned Parenthood type thing." And right. Like, oh, right. I see. When you want to have children. And it's like, no, like, the no. whole reproductive system, there's, like, a whole science behind it. And, like, right. reproductive health is a thing. Yeah, like yeah. Beyond sex and everything, like, yeah. you or still got to take care of Or beyond wanting to have kids. Yeah. I, had to, I had to look up on YouTube how to insert a tampon. Damn. Hmm. Like, I, I'm, and I'm sure if I had asked my mom, she would have been like, sure, I'll show you. Yeah. But there's just, like, I didn't want to, I just felt, it felt weird. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, maybe that was a, it was a lot of pressure that I might have mm. just put on myself right, unduly. Right. Which is, which is a fair still, thing, that's too, yeah. Just but it's because like, I feel like you just, you're not sure if it's okay to ask those things, right? And like, right. And that is with any number of things, whether it's, topics. you know, yeah. like, yeah. doesn't any always have to be things. sex, but there's just a weird stigma that comes with anything that has to do with your swimsuit yeah, yeah. ideas. And for so, sure. And I'm, and I'm, so I'm curious to hear from both of you and also just, you know, from, from anyone out there who's listening and wishes to share. Write what to are, us. <laughs> what, are the, what are the things that, you know, so that's like one example that you shared right there, but what are the things that happened as kids, as teenagers, even as adults, whatever, that made you interested in this topic and, and talking about sexual health and talking about mental health? Let's, let's get personal. Let's get gritty. <laughs> um. I think for me, it was, like, coming into my own sexuality and figuring that out. And, like, I'm not even talking about sex, just, like, sexuality. Like, right. what you want, what you desire, and your, like, hopes and dreams, I guess you could say, in, in that sense, right? And and then it was, like, how do I talk to my family about this? You know, in, in kind of the most, like, basic sense. Like, for me, it was, like, how do I talk to my family about my work? the stuff that I do every day. I talk about sex every day at work, right? And like um, I in school and thereafter, like how do I? And so Sasha has become kind of that stepping stone. It's become like nice. that bridge for me that has allowed me to actually like be able to. And I will say like um, in the past probably two years, my dad and I have had some really great conversations about a lot of these things and you know we'll we'll talk about issues and he'll bring up his viewpoint and I'll bring up my viewpoint and sometimes we'll have to you know kind of educate yeah. on 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 talk things that, and yeah. things like that and um and my dad is a scientist he's very rational and so you know he's he's never like no like just because I never grew up knowing or believing that like you're wrong he's always like okay like He'll take it into consideration, and I can see his like mindset has changed Shifting. and opened nice, up, and nice. and so for me, like that's been amazing to yeah. observe. And so I'm just like, it's nice that like we can actually talk about, you know, like 
sexual assault in India, like these really like gritty, uncomfortable topics, but we can actually have a good conversation around it yeah. and, and bringing those and, worlds together, like you were saying. Yeah, before. and like, and I'm just like, this is kind of amazing. Like, like, my dad and I, I think, have talked more freely about periods than my mom and I. You know, with my mom, the conversation is kind of very like routine and right. kind of no like perfunctory. Yeah, <laughs> like what you know, what you do, what you don't do, that kind of thing. And like in our house, there are. Um, certain rules that you follow and things like that. Well, my dad, it kind of, it's it's been able to go a little deeper, nice. like in terms of society and like beliefs and mm-hmm. values and you know things like misogyny <laughs> and whatnot. So misogyny. I think giggle, 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 giggle. <laughs> yeah, not a funny topic, but um, just we being through the pain. <laughs> yeah, basically, yes, yeah, smile through the pain, as my dance teacher used to say. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, she did. She was like, it hurts. Smile harder and. <sighs> Keep dancing. Erect all my joints, so don't do that. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Listen to your body, not your dance. Listen to your body. In every which way. Uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of what Sasha's been for me. Yeah. What about over there? I'm trying to think. Um, so there were two. One was um, pretty late in life. I, I feel like... Well, okay, let me back up. I feel like I had... I was able to bridge this confusion between what was expected of me in my family and what I wanted to know because of the internet. Um, shout out what? Yahoo Answers. Shout out being a kid <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> slash um, Slash coming, yeah, coming of age in the aughts. Um, the, wh- the part where I really struggled, uh, but well, because of the internet, I feel like I didn't have to put myself in a vulnerable situation by opening myself up to my parents. Uh, the part that tripped me up was when I finally started dating, um, and uh, my first boyfriend uh, was a uh, was white, but more importantly, he was a man, and I had to <laughs> tell my parents that I was seeing a man, and not I, Legolas, who was not, not Legolas. Legolas. <laughs> Who is unfortunately not Legolas. He was the complete opposite of Legolas. (laughs) 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 But I, you know, I loved him. I still love him. Um, And I, like, didn't know how to tell my parents this. Um, Not that I worried that they would be like, no, you can't do it. Or, like, "Mm, you must break up. But... Because they were, they weren't, they're, they're not the parent kind of parents who are like, oh, you can't date or whatever. But I, it just felt weird to like change our the relationship, tone. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because I'm an only child, hmm. and like, no, there was no precedent to follow, really. Right, right, right. Um, this moment of declaring, so, being an adult, being like, I'm dating, exactly, but I'm still treated like a kid. So exactly, yeah, how do I do this? And like, so it took me a year to tell them. Um, and uh, it was weird because, like, we'd gone through a lot in that year. Mm. Um, uh, and it just it felt weird to always be like, ah, I can't. Like, you have to be quiet. My parents are calling. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Classic brown dilemma. Just, like, running yourself in lies. It just feel, felt bad. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm glad yeah. I finally. Icky on all fronts. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yes. And it was weird because, similar to you, I was very worried about my dad and it turned out that my dad didn't give a shit (laughs) my mom was like oh interesting 
she's like kind of low-key auntie even though she doesn't like to think she Ooh. is uh no she's dope but still she's a mom <laughs> so she was always more like be careful mm, <sighs> yeah, no. you know don't let legolas hurt you exactly so that was the first part but then um also on top of that um i remember this uh, one incident where I felt I really, really wish I could talk to them and I just could not because I knew I couldn't. But um, it was when I found out I was pregnant. Um, this is not the happy kind of pregnant, folks. Not the happy nope. kind of pregnant. The incredibly unexpected, you did everything right to not get pregnant, but you still got pregnant kind of pregnant. Um, and it was like the first time where I was like, oh my God, I so want to just call my mom. But yeah. like how the fuck are you supposed to do that yeah. i can't do that i ended up going into the bathroom and crying in the stall instead oh. which is a terrible alternative not a good coping mechanism nope. not a good coping mechanism um i ended up getting an abortion which i actually don't i do not regret at all it was an incredibly easy option that was not why i wanted to call it was just like a weird like i did everything like why did this happen kind yeah. of conversation yeah. i wanted to have yeah. <clears throat> but it's also one that my mom would not ever come close to understanding. Right, right, right. Um, I think the still only, to this day, still to this day, I don't think she would yeah. understand. Um, we've had conversations about it, not mine, just the topic in general, and she's very much of the opinion that like rape and incest or the mother's life is in danger. Totally get it. Otherwise, why? Mm. Like, wow, I didn't um, know that. Hmm. Yeah, which I was, I was pretty surprised by because growing up she always seemed very liberal and not conservative but Mm -hmm. like recently i'm learning more about her conservative views um so yeah that was kind of that was just like a downer because i feel like she's super proud of me um and a big part of that reason is because i don't have to take care of a child right now right i was about to say i was like there would be like a what three-year-old four-year-old like running Uh, around two and a half half. running around Um, here so yeah um and obviously abortion is like a big step from just like very basic i'm dating a human dating and like (laughs) regular sex questions and like Hmm. what's going on down there but like that's still part of this (laughs) a girl would be worse uh, yeah yeah so word well thank you for sharing that. and being honest and personal with us yeah mm-hmm. i actually if i remember correctly didn't we all like reconnect at my abortion stand-up yes i think that we were that all three of us started? were there was that that was maybe the first like in-person moment yeah when after, right. like, after right. like after like after had the messaging out. back yeah. and forth yeah, yeah. you're right that yeah fun. yeah fun. i do abortion stand-up for who are interested uh, <laughs> hit me up for details <laughs> Jim, you. um so i guess we yeah. could chat on and on and on about all sorts of things forever about sex but that's why there are going to be multiple episodes Duh. of this podcast because we're amazing but podcasts are not the only thing we do we also do workshops yes we've actually done a couple of them yeah we've got a few ready to go for you we've ready to go we did some go. with Sex Week at the University of Maryland, which mm-hmm. is my proud creation from while Woo! I was there and continues on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So happy for it. So we've got, we've done some different ones. Different ones. And are always ready to come up with more, too. Yeah. If there's something either at your school, your community, your, you know, you want Anywhere. a personal presentation for your family and you want to have us come out and pay us to do it, we'll be there. Just yeah. let us know. Mm-hmm. Give us your money. 
um yeah but more so just like engage with them yeah and support please we love support <laughs> we're a super Sorry, baby please. organization yeah even I don't though know. we've been around for about two years yeah but, but it's like a side project we yeah have for us you know we all have our jobs this um, is like our weekend and evening yeah. project but, but it's we, definitely something that we hold close yeah very very close to our hearts um, and one of the really big things is that we have you know, like I was saying earlier, we've we have definitely reached out and gotten super amazing feedback every time that we have presented or sent out a survey or any mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. But one of the things that we want to do is to start gathering more content and sharing that more widely. So we would love to have you share your stories, your poetry, mm-hmm. your, your artwork, your dance, whatever it might be. Yeah. However you wish to express anything as it relates to being a brown kid and navigating these two worlds mm. this third often conflicting world third world third mm-hmm. world yeah. this is third culture third double world. meaning of uh <laughs> yes thank you that was what i actually meant third world third culture um yeah so yeah. send us your stuff we send have us your stuff. email address email. our email address is south asian sexual health at gmail.com we also have a facebook page that we update pretty regularly um, you can find us on Facebook if you just search for South Asian Sexual Health Alliance or at South Asian SH on Facebook. On Facebook. So that's where you can find us. And we'd also love to hear what you want to hear about for future podcasts. Yeah. And, or if you have any questions, just mm-hmm. generally anything that's on your mind yeah. that is in relation mm-hmm. to really anything. We yeah. If, if you want to come and tell your story, talk about your journey, we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, or any of you really um (laughs) think of us as um like the the older girl at the uh at the community dinners her name's like usually puja but she's like (laughs) the girl everyone knows to be kind of adventurous and worldly Uh, (laughs) worldly i love it (laughs) that's who we are we're a collection of adventurous and I want to be the auntie you never had can I be that person that's we're the auntie you never had we are the auntie you never had we are we also I mean I don't mean we're ask Jeeves if you want uh, we're missing out on uh, on Finnish but like yeah he can be the auntie we never had either (laughs) that's fine (laughs) I'm sure he'd be down for that however (laughs) you identify please reach out yeah male female non-binary Hindu Muslim Jane Whatever Indian, you are. Pakistani, Guyanese, West Indies, we hear you. Um, white, we'll take you too. Black. White, we'll take you too. Russian? <laughs> if you're a Eritrean. human being. Salvadoran. <laughs> I'm just going to name lots and lots of identities. Argentinian, <laughs> Antarctican, whatever. You identify as out. a homo sapien. Exactly. We'll if you've you. ever had to battle Tell stigma us. around yeah. sexual health or mental health, or hit us up identity. we want to hear from you yeah. and if you have questions you don't feel comfortable asking um your friends or family mm-hmm. feel free to reach out to us we yeah and communicate with you um directly yeah absolutely um, let's just talk about anonymous. some some brown taboos you know absolutely. let's do it yeah. some brown taboos yeah if you have questions yeah. if you have um you know sometimes we're not like we said we're not um you know licensed experts she's definitely working on it um i have my master's but 
um, you know, we're still a work in progress. We're learning and growing every day. Um, but we do have our areas of expertise. And we also have a really great network of friends and family um, that Who are, are actually licensed and professionals yeah. um, and have areas of expertise in, in some areas in which we don't necessarily have. So we do have connections, you know. Um, yeah, out, so bro. we, you know, we always, like we said so many times today, like we didn't necessarily have a place for those conversations and questions growing up. And so we want to make sure that changes for the coming generations, for our generation, for our peers. Uh, we might cry a little bit. We're shedding some tears right now. I won't. <laughs> um, so um, we want to be able to, not necessarily, e even if we can't answer your questions, we want to be able to hopefully point people in the right direction and give them some sense of comfort and hope, as Sri said, said before. Um, so write to us. Let us know what's going on in your life. And hopefully, yeah, we're here for you. And even if it's just uh, a, a vent, um, a rant, um, just something that you want to get off your chest. Um, even if you don't have a question, we're here for you. And in the meantime, we will see you or talk to you or whatever <laughs> on the next episode yes. of Brown Taboo Project. Woo! <laughs>